Welcome to Kirti Kundalini Podcast, where we discuss spiritual insights, tips, and tools for exalted living. Now, let me just preface by saying that I am not a doctor, nor am I qualified really in any way to be giving you advice, medical or otherwise, but I'm here to share a candid discussion about my own journey through trauma recovery and emotional energetic healing. On this podcast, I'll be sharing with you an ideological perspective guided by my own interpreted inspirations. What is she talking about? Tune in, you'll find out. These inspirations have and continue to give me relief from suffering and the tools to live a life I love. My name is Leah Gibson. Welcome. Hey guys, and welcome back to Kirti Kundalini Podcast. And this is part two of episode five on the topic of divine love. Now in part one, I shared with you a lot of ideas, a lot of information. I'm going to recap quickly before I move on for the content of this part two episode. So I opened up the part one by sharing a very personal experience with you, a personal story of the evening a year ago that I connected with an energy collective, which taught me through transmission and information, the experience of divine love and how we can feel that and embody it in the human condition. I related how my experience of that high frequency transmission that I received from them it took me a while to integrate and to digest into my understanding of how to relate to other and how in some ways it's all just clarifying now with language that I'm able to speak about it today. And I used the Kundalini concept of pratyahara, which is the Sanskrit word which refers to the state of being in the flow of the experience of divine love. So divine love as a state of being. And then I went into detail with the channeled information, working with the collective that I work with on an ongoing basis who really broke it down for me as they do. And they shared with me through visual metaphor, the concept of divine love as an experience that can be felt in three different ways, essentially. The first of which being divine love as an experience of the self, of the focal point meeting place between the finite self the personality self that we interface with environment as it merges with our infinite self, our higher energetic self. And ultimately they clarified with me that the focal point of this merging and the meeting as a sensory experience of the constant current of the continuous self, which I've spoken of before, as it expands within our being that we receive it and embody it fully when we place our focal point in this merging space, the result can be the instantaneous, aha, wow, falling in divine love as in falling in love with the self. But it is a recognition of God being the self, of source being the self, of the current of life force energy with which we are made, of being the self. The focus of which being that the experience of divine love is the experience of the expansion of life force energy. 
The second example which they explained to me was when our current of life force energy, the constant current of our continuous self, which is a frequency, which is a flow, which we expand through authentic self-expression when it joins, merges, creates union and receives that of another. We can call this different phrases. We can call it romantic love with different terms around those relationships. We can give the individual special titles of family members. But ultimately, it is this experience of our life force energy bonding, merging, receiving, and conduiting together, expanding together. And the focal point becomes the place of merging. And the third example they shared with me was that of receiving creative idea. So the focal point then being our receptivity of inspiration, of a creatively delivered idea. And of course, collaborations of all kinds around these three ideas can also present and are much more even magnified as an experience of exaltation. But the precise idea of the teaching of divine love is that it is a deeper sensory experience of our life force energy expanding as it merges and joins in collective. That is to know God within the self. It is to know God within all other. God being life force energy, God being source, God being all things. To further recap, I also shared with you my revelations from my energetic transmission with the energy beings of what divine love is not. And that is when I referenced the idea of energy harvesting, which is when we engage in any form of manipulation, agenda, or control, subconscious or otherwise, in an attempt to covet the focus and attention from another. It doesn't mean we're bad people. It doesn't mean we're not good in any way or flawed or imperfect. These actions can be ingrained in our patterns and habits and ways that have facilitated our own survival from an early age. But ultimately, they are grounded in fear-based perspective, and they are also grounded in belief that we are somehow separate from the source of safety, peace, love, and well-being of God, of source, of abundance, of love, that is actually the substance of our true nature. The more conscious we can become about our own patterns and habits of relating that might be influenced in these ideas of seeking to control, manipulate, or seek safety in any place outside of ourselves, the more we will be able to deliver ourselves to the true state and the reservoir of peace and well-being and the state of being of divine love of pratyahar that we really are, that we came here to be and do. I also mentioned the ideas of resonance and attunement in harmoniously communicating with others through the transmission of the divinely loving state. May we attune our resonance of our energetic field to the resonance of another and open the pathways of communication from the anahat, from the heart, delivering all communications in this simple, frank, and wholehearted manner. So that's the recap on part one of the episode. And now I'm going to jump into a personal story utilizing some of these ideas 
and then finish off with a meditation exercise and a kundalini exercise in support of these teachings. Stay tuned. Okay, so now it's time for me to get candid with you as I do every episode and share with you a personal story from my experience and challenge the channeled information against real life, right? Because if it's not practical for us, if we can't actually use this when we're in the line of fire of interrelating and environment and challenge and all of these things, then what is the point? That's, you know, what I'm here to talk about. Let's see if it works. So it works. Not to give away the ending, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you about it. I'm gonna tell you about my experience. So first of all, I'm gonna tell you how amazing I find all of this work to be all the time. I find myself in a state of wahe guru as I coined it in the first part of this episode. The state of awe of how spirit works. And the more that we expand our awareness of who and what we really are and how we're all interrelated and what we can call upon in any given moment. It's just, I'm constantly in awe about it. And it's, I'm in a constant state of discovery. One example of this being last night, I was coming down from a really busy day, from a busy week, and I was working with the Akashic Records. And I was in my records and I was asking for information, for guidance. And this term came to me. The term was Anahata Mukti. Now, I've been talking to you about Anahata. Anahat is the Sanskrit word which refers to the heart chakra, the fourth chakra. And Anahat, Anahat I referenced in the first part of this episode being a practice that we can utilize in conscious communication which is when we fully arrive in the presence of our heart center and attune our resonance to that of another. And through this form of engagement, we can really truly communicate harmoniously from a soul to soul level. But this particular term, anahata mukti, I have no idea what mukti means. It it does not ring any bells to me. So, and I just, I have to mention that I love this form of channeling. I channel in many different ways. And when you work with spirit, I'll just say in an ongoing way, the more you commit to it, the more surprises seem to happen and open in your awareness. And one of my favorites of these types of things is when words are delivered into my consciousness. And, you know, I know that they're not coming from me because I don't even know what they mean. Sometimes they come phonetically. I've talked about this before, but I'll have to look them up after the fact and then I'll discover the the purpose, the lesson, whatever my guides are delivering to me or sharing with me. And so last night, long story short, last night, I was in the records and this term came to me, Anahata Mukti. And I thought, okay, I don't know what that means, so I'll look it up. And so this morning, I looked up Anahata Mukti, and Anahat refers to the heart, the presence of the heart chakra, of course. Mukti is a Sanskrit word. It's actually a past tense of Mukta. Mukti specifically refers to released emancipated, liberated, freed. And so the term is to live with a liberated, emancipated heart. Now I discovered that this morning and I thought, you know, that's just so beautiful. And wouldn't life have it that later today, later in the day, I really needed that advice. (laughs) Now to share and be candid and vulnerable with you, I've had a lot going on in my personal world. I've been very busy and it's, there's always a constant navigation that's required of us to interface effectively and remain present as we can and creatively attuned and taking care of our bodies and our responsibilities, all of these things, you know, the modern day hustle culture dilemmas. And today 
caught up with me. I've I've been feeling it the last few days actually. I and I became I started to become aware of physical sensations in my body but that are telltale signs to me of tension that needs to release. Sometimes it's emotional tension that I know is gonna have to release somehow. And sometimes it's needing a physical stretch of a particular way, but I tend to hold tension at the back of my heart. And anyway, I started to feel this slight aggravation in my physical system the last couple of days. And I, I you know, I just I kind of thought I'll have, to, I'll have to maybe get a massage or stretch or have do some more physical yoga, some more physical asana. But today it was interesting. It really surfaced and it surfaced in a way that was quite dramatic for me, really uncomfortable. And I found myself, I'll be explicit with you, in the throes of a bit of an emotional riptide. I felt it coming on. It took me down for about an hour and I needed to be really still and private with myself and release a tremendous amount of emotion. That was really painful. The whole episode, I will call it, lasted for probably three hours. And as always, there's always a narrative that runs with it, right? There's maybe an event or a thought, even something that triggers this, instigates it. And this in particular was related to my relating with a close friend of mine. And so on this page, I like to get really real with talking about the energetic truth of what is going on. So that's what I'm going to talk about with regards to this event. The energetic truth of what was going on for me was that I had shared myself in a vulnerable manner with a with a very dear friend of mine. And I was aware when I stepped forward to open my vulnerability that I that it was a vulnerable action for me experience. And within the day and a half to two days following, my system perceived a form of rejection. That's all I'm going to say. It wasn't particularly met, received, or bonded to. You know where I'm going. And so the narrative starts to chatter. The narrative starts to go. I'm trying to carry on with my day in a particular way. And then all of a sudden, the energy builds to a point. It actually hit when I was halfway through my sadhana, my kundalini yoga practice, which sometimes actually happens for me because when engaging in a physical disruption, which is what the Kriyas are designed to do, shift the energetic patterning of the physical system, it can release tension, emotion sometimes. And so that's exactly what happened, but it came on in a very powerful way. And I needed to pause the sadhana for about an hour and a half and lie in the fetal position and release emotion. And it was excruciating. It felt very uncomfortable. It felt very, very painful. And for the next three hours, this event was upon me. And so what I want to share with you is that I can challenge this experience against everything that I've just been talking to you guys about with this channeled information. And I was able to use my awareness about some of these ideas to support me throughout this experience. I was able to be really gentle with myself while the emotion was releasing. I was able to suspend from the story, from the narrative of what was going on, of who said what and who did this and why might I be wrong this way, all of these things that we can just really get going with. I was able to suspend from that and place my focus and attention on the joy and appreciation for having a heart that would feel and love so much. That sounds like, I don't know, I almost want to judge it as I say it. I want to sort of protect you from your own 
judgments of it. And yet you'll have your own experience of what I just said. But I truly found myself, even in the throes of such discomfort, holding myself with pride for having opened my heart in the vulnerable way that I did. And most importantly, being able to recognize that what I was actually experiencing was a soulful pain of disconnection from not feeling seen, heard, received, and bonded to. Not feeling openly connected to. And this is so important because I have to say, I truly believe that feeling a pain over being disconnected from, this might sound like a really strange thing to say, but I feel it's a very healthy positive sign of our own awareness. When we're able to recognize, I am not feeling seen, heard, received, or connected to, that is a soul pain. And truthfully, it's okay. It's not only okay, it's actually really healthy that we feel aggravated and saddened by not feeling seen, heard, received, or connected to. This is the soul's purpose, is to connect and expand. We come here as pure life force energy to expand, connect, collaborate, and join in union. And if that is, for whatever reason, denied or withheld from us, from other, without getting into the story of who said what and who did what wrong and this and that, I'm sure we all have parenting stories. I know we do. Can we recognize our soul's needs? Can we recognize that the other is is behaving in a manner that they believe to be probably safe for them? Can we feel the focal point of God within ourselves, even in the discomfort, even in the pain, and use the pain as a sign of the source flow of who and what we really are, that it should seek to merge and join and bond. And it's not all easy. It's not a quick fix job in the moment necessarily. It took me a few hours, but I truthfully was able to thread in the moments of gratitude that I should feel such joy for this other, for the for the God nature of them, for the abundant life force energy of them, that I had seen them, that I had felt them, that I had received them, and that they should feel the need or desire to pull away, and that I should feel the pain of that as a sign of my desire for true connection. Like that is such a beautiful thing. Can we love ourselves for that truly? And so to walk you through it, to share, I let myself release the emotion and step by step, I asked myself what I needed. Some fresh air, a cold drink, some deep breaths, some hugs with my dog. These sweet, beautiful things that I found God in my dog, that I found God in the comfort that he gives me. And when I was breathing deeply again, I went to the meditation mat and I did the work. And I'm going to share with you in a few moments what that work was that really, truly helped me alchemize. This is what it feels like to me to live in the state of pratyahar, in the state of divine love. It's not a fixed state. It's a constant choice. Even if we can only find it in an instant moment, if we can thread those instances, the joy, the gratitude, the appreciation, that we should feel pain, that we should wish and desire and long to connect and merge and join with others and forgive them in seeing them as they feel self-protective for their own ways. That was the journey of my day. And I have to say the irony of all of it, or I don't know if it's irony, but my aha moment of the day (laughs) was when I was walking my dog shortly after this episode, still 
decompressing from it in the warm night air of the sunset. And I thought of Anahata Mukti and I felt, I felt it. I, I felt the Anahata Mukti, the desire to open my heart deeply against all of the tensions of discomfort, to breathe deeply and open deeply against all of the tensions of discomfort and to offer my vulnerability again, 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 right? This is what we want to be cognizant of. We want to open more deeply, open more deeply. Such a beautiful experience and I'm grateful to have had it today if I get to talk about it with you. All right, so let's get to the experiential portion of this podcast episode. I'm going to be leading you through a guided meditation within the Akashic Records. This meditation I use from time to time to ground me back into the body and clear my energy within the physical form. I also really love working with the Akashic Records. I've been expanding in my work with them, so... Maybe you will feel a similar sense of relief that I did with this today. And then to follow, I will close out with a Kundalini meditation, a beautiful meditation. Oh, I just love this one that delivers us to a sense of safety and comfort within the body. As always, before we begin these exercises, if you're doing something where you are half focused on, if you're doing something right now that requires a little bit of your attention, I would invite you to pause the podcast now and visit it later. No driving and doing this, please be safe. You can come back to this on your own time. So sitting with a tall spine, if you can, cross-legged if that's comfortable. Close your eyes, take a deep breath in, arriving in the here and now. And with your eyes closed, I want you to imagine a great big blue door. It's actually among the clouds. So where you are is the clouds, blue sky and big, white, fluffy clouds. And here amongst the clouds is this great, big, dark blue door. It stretches way up high, extends way wide. And look up at this door, etched across the dark blue door in gold writing is the Akashic records for your name, first and last name. And as you stand before this door, you say out loud, I wish to enter the Akashic Records for your name first and last. I wish to receive the guidance from the Akashic Records of your name. In the name of the highest good, I now enter the Akashic Records for your name. The door opens and you step through. Feel yourself inside the records. Feel and see yourself right now inside the records. Maybe breathe a little more deeply, receiving all of the energy of that which you are in this place. And as you're seated cross-legged inside the records, imagine with your mind's eye a silvery blue Merkaba spinning a few inches away from your forehead. Breathe deeply as it merges with your third eye. Breathe it into your pineal gland at the center of the brain. It's spinning, spinning, spinning clockwise. Breathe deeply. Here it splits off. 
and one ascends through the top of your skull to be spinning just above the crown of your head. The other descends down your spine, traveling with a rich current of luminescent silver light. Breathe it down the column of your spine, lighting each chakra. It extends out your seat into the core of the earth. Down, down, down to the very core of the earth. As it connects with the core of the earth, you feel the luminescent silver energy extending through the top of your skull with the Merkaba spinning clockwise above your crown. And as you inhale, the Merkaba at the earth's core rises back up from whence it came, back up, back up, drinking in the earth's core energy. And this Merkaba remains resting three feet into the earth, drinking up the earth's core energy into your spine. As you inhale, you feel the silvery luminescent energy from above your skull down through your seat, inhaling to receive it in your core. As you exhale, the energy extends out peripherally all around you in a white auric field. We're going to take three more breaths just like that. Inhale. Exhale as the white energy expands beyond you in your auric field. One more. Inhale and exhale at your heart center. You feel the blossom of a white lotus flower opening in this silvery white luminescence, blossoming. Sit with the radiance of that sensation. Feel your expanded presence here. And when you're ready, gently get up, step through the door, watch it close behind you, turn and see the big blue door with the gold writing as it closes behind you and bow your head very lightly, saying thank you to the Akashic Records for your name. The records are now closed. And just to close out this episode, I want to guide you through a beautiful kundalini meditation that I did today that, oh, it just brought me back to comfort in my body. So beautiful. It's called the meditation to dissolve inner conflict. And so as we begin every kundalini yoga practice, sitting with a tall spine cross-legged, if that's comfortable, we start by tuning in palms in prayer mudra at the heart center, engaging with two chants to begin with the Adi Shakti, eyes closed, 
Inhale in, repeating three times after me. Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo And now three times the Mangala Charan, the protective chant, imagining a wall of white light falling to your right, behind you, to your left, and to your front three times, repeating after me. Ad Gudenema, Jugad Gudenema, Sat Gudenema, Siddhi Gurudevanema, Ad Gudenema, Jugad Gudenema, Sat Gudenema, Siddhi Gurudevanema, Ad Gudenema, Jugad Gudenema, Sat Gudenema, Siddhi Gurudevanema. Inhale, feeling that protection surround you. We are now locked on to the golden chain the ancient wisdom of these teachings and protected. And to begin this beautiful meditation, which is performed again with the tall spine, cross-legged. It's very simple. Hands are in Venus Mudra, which simply means that with the palms facing the body in front of you, the fingers interlock, tucking the thumbs and the pinkies in. And with these interlocked hands, palms facing the body, you're going to bring the hands to cup over top of the belly button. This is the third chakra, the solar plexus, which is where we express our personality from, where we project our being. So with fingers interlocked, cupped over the belly, eyes are closed. And for 11 minutes, we're going to engage in this meditation. Now, I'm not going to be guiding you for 11 minutes. Once I guide you through what's going to be done, you can pause, set a timer and then come back to close out with me. That's the offering. So for 11 minutes, with your eyes closed, we're going to chant, Hummy Hum Brahm Hum, which means we are we. It's a mantra we use to connect to the infinite collective of the divine. So eyes closed, inhale. Hummy Hum Brahm Hum. You can pause the podcast now and continue on for 11 minutes. And to close this meditation, we cease chanting and inhale deeply. As you inhale, hold the breath. And the invitation is to assess the self. How do you feel? Exhale. We're going to do this twice more. Inhale deeply, hold the breath. Assess yourself with the breath held. And once more, inhale and release. The invitation is to sit in stillness in this shunya, in your body, the comfort of your being for as long as you'd like. And when you're ready, we will close out. Hands in prayer at the heart center, chanting one long sat nam. And that is our kundalini practice today. That meditation brings me to a sensation of comfort right at my core, of warmth and appreciation for my physical system. Arriving back home to the self, right? Bringing the focal point of the meeting place of the finite and the infinite of who and what we really are home to the body and remaining with that in appreciation, reveling in the comfort of our true nature. All right, this closes out episode 5.2 on divine love. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I divinely love you guys. <laughs> and so grateful for you for showing up for yourselves and for giving these beautiful ideas a place to land. Much love always. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Kirti Kundalini Podcast. If you like what you hear, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a moment, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to rate and comment on the material on Apple iTunes. This helps support my sole purpose of sharing these teachings into the world as Apple will promote my material based on this type of platform interaction. Additionally, I invite you to share this episode, share this podcast series on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, shout it from the rooftops, tell your friends in whatever way you feel called to do so. Again, it helps me to get these teachings, which are my sole purpose, out into the world. And I thank you from my heart. And as always, always, please don't hesitate to be in touch with me with your questions, queries, your thoughts and feelings. I am here for it. You can find me on my platform, kirtikundalini.com. You can sign up for the email list, which is a great way to keep in touch with me. And it's where I will also share all of the opportunities to work with me individually. If this calls to you in any way, thank you so much for being here. Lots of love. I'll see you soon.